Cousin Jared, we are here for Thursday, October 19th show of Picks with the Professor. I am the Professor, Cousin Jared. Uh, how are we doing tonight? Yeah, we're doing we're doing pretty well. Uh, FIU came mm-hmm. came through for us on the road against Sam Houston. Uh, we needed a good bounce back after Tuesday did not treat mm-hmm. us well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, I, we're, we're doing much better tonight than we were last night is, is what I would say. Yes, and then we've got UTEP as plus odds here. Uh, tied at the half yep. and a uh, nail-biter of, of terrible football. The Wednesday games were terrible. Yeah. I mean, yes, just for gross they quality. They are. Um, but kind of knew that was coming. But that does not mean there are not money-making opportunities. Correct. And, hey, look, I asked people to comment about what games you want us to cover. And, again, if you want all the bad football, make sure with us on Dub Club. Sign up like the show description after the after the 30-second music. Cousin Jared, we're going to sit here for about two hours and talk about every other college football game and talk about what we like, what we don't like, what we would do. Yep. Every yep. game where we say, hey, if you had to do something, what would you do? and uh, give people some things to think about for all of the games uh, this weekend. Again, this week only in the show description. Pay for two months, get all three free. That gets you through the rest of the football season and the start of basketball, just to see just to see how we do with basketball. I think it's going to be great times. I'm really optimistic. Uh, I love the changes and the updates and the way the player-based mo- football models have gone. Basketball money lines are just great. It's like people just don't understand probability, and we are just taking advantage of that left and right. And that's been my theory for quite some time, and it just continues to be proven true that uh, the human brain is not meant to understand probability. Uh, Mm -hmm. I have spent a lot of time learning how to do that, and even I don't do it very well (laughs) all the time. (laughs) That's why we have have the math to to help ground us. Uh, Anything, Cousin Jared, to mention before we get started here with some Saturday? We've got five of them for you today. Rather than just the usual four, got an extra, got a freebie for you. Yeah, yeah, free one. So let's get right into it. All right, let's get to it then. Saturday at noon, Boston College and Georgia Tech. You wanted some terrible football people. Here is your terrible football. Uh, I have these teams back to back with each other, number 89 and number 90. Notice on screen, I have made a, I made a little bit of an executive decision here. I'm showing only efficiency numbers uh, and their ranks. It was To me, it was a little confusing. I didn't really know what I was even looking at. I'm the one who built the dang thing. So <laughs> you got the efficiency numbers, but same scaling as always, right? Uh, it just doesn't have both pace adjusted and non-pace adjusted. This is just ignoring pace how good we think these teams are. And the difference in this game to me is nothing. Uh, (laughs) Austin College, as you can see, a little bit weaker on defense. Georgia Tech, a little bit weaker on offense. But both these teams just aren't very good. That's why we've got Boston College at plus 173. Georgia Tech should be favored being at home, but not by the price they are. Boston College should go win this game. It wouldn't shock me. Plus 173 offers great value. It's no different than what we're always talking about, right? Because, Jerry, the idea is – you don't even have to win 50% of them at a price like this to be profitable. If we win 40, 45% of these type plays, we're going to make money. This is closer to a coin toss than people realize. I'm just at the high on Georgia Tech, high on Boston College either, but you know anything can happen in bad football, right? Yeah, that, that's exactly right. And before I come on here and start talking about games, very rarely do I really go in and kind of assess what sideline has. I kind of just try to go off what what I'm thinking and what I've seen. And this is a, a rare case where sideline just 100% fully backs up what my eyes said, which was looking at what these two teams have done this year, what is materially different between these teams? Mm-hmm. I do not feel like there is much different at difference at all and i think especially if miami had taken a knee at the end of that game instead of trying to run it fumbled it georgia tech ends up winning i i really think that 
anyway, that's 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 a way of me saying I think that if Georgia Tech had lost that game to Miami like they should have, that this game would or this line would be more like what sideline uh, would make it mm-hmm. to be. But I think Georgia Tech's getting a little bit of a bump because they did ultimately beat Miami. I mean, there is literally nothing that I can see that sets these team apart. Sure, give Georgia Tech a uh, home field advantage, but still seems like too steep of a price for for Boston College and. Haynes King, uh, I would say I watched a lot of Haynes King play football. Uh, his stats aren't too bad this year, but sideline still has him rated as one of the worst power five quarterbacks. So yeah. I would say don't be distracted by the statistics being being okay. Um, if you think that you're backing a better quarterback uh, for Georgia Tech at home, that's that's not the case, uh, in my opinion, and according to sideline, not the, the better quarterback in this game. So um, – Sideline sees this exactly the way I do, that these teams are basically even and it's you're giving too much home field to Georgia Tech uh, based on what this line is. Georgia Tech has had a couple of decent games. They almost beat Louisville, um, yep. but that game was essentially a home game. Boston College lost at Louisville. If you want to use that as the common opponent, absolutely. Georgia Tech played Louisville a little bit better. But when you look at everything else, Georgia Tech's loss to Bowling Green is just as bad as Boston College's loss to Northern Illinois. Yep. Uh, both of them have had some decent games. Boston College just lost to Florida State barely mm-hmm. uh, versus Georgia Tech beat Miami. But really, both of them should have been close losses. Yeah, uh, Boston College, you know, went on the road and beat Army to beat Virginia. It's not to say they're a good team, but they're just they kind of look a lot like Georgia Tech. Like they're both just both of them had some decent games. Both of them have looked pretty rough at times. Both of them, both of them losing to a MAC team. Yep. Not not good. Not good. No. Uh, but I, I honestly think Boston College performance against Florida State was probably more impressive than Georgia Tech's against Miami. Yeah. Uh, yep. And uh, so, again, these two teams are really similar. So plus 173. Offers some pretty good value there for us. Don't know who wins. We're just taking the value of all those point, all the all the odds. I guess I would say, yeah. or you, of course, you can take points if you want. But we love our money lines here because uh, again, people don't understand probability. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on, three thirty p.m. Eastern, South Florida and UConn. To me, when I look at this one, there is a a big difference, and that is when you look at the rankings of these. When South Florida has the ball against UConn, um, you know South Florida's offense isn't good. UConn's defense isn't good. That's kind of going to be about a draw. And you can see that on the efficiency. Both of them are 12 points away from 100, where 100 is average. The biggest difference is that UConn's offense is competent and South Florida's defense is terrible. Mm-hmm. UConn ought to be able to put up some points. And then when you yep. look at South Florida's pace, so when UConn has the ball, they should score. When South Florida has the ball, I don't know what they're going to do, but whatever they do, they're going to do it fast. We look at that yeah. percent yeah. in the country. Because, uh, Jared, we expect 62 points in this game on average. We're going to go over 54, getting the key number of 55 in here. Uh, I, I think people, I think it's the wrong key number. I really think 58, 59, 61, 62 are the key numbers you should be thinking about. But, hey, yep. give us another key number in 55 just, just to boot, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, UConn's offense has been pretty nice this year, uh, more improved than what I would have would have thought. And okay, sure. So you could say that UConn is a more defensive oriented football team, but the two faster teams that they've played this season, Utah State and Rice, uh, Utah got or excuse me, uh, UConn got to uh, 33 points and 31 points in those games. So when they've played bad defenses and teams that play fast, they as well have put up points. But to your kind of like what you alluded to. Uh, for me, this is all about uh, South Florida's defense being god-awful unless they are apparently aided by a monsoon against one of the best teams yeah. in the country. Uh, yeah. That Alabama game for South Florida sticks out like a sore thumb uh, against the, the rest of their schedule. Um, in, in the games that they haven't played Alabama, they've given up um, against FBS opponents. They've given up 41, uh, 29, 30, 
56 and 56 again. Um, it's just, it hasn't been pretty at all and, for the South Florida defense. Who, who were the two teams that got 56 on them? UAB and Florida Atlantic. Honestly, if you thought UConn on that group and you said Utah got, or UConn got 56, I'd be like, sure. Like, yeah. I mean, those two teams, I mean, I think FAU, you know, with Casey Thompson, probably, you know, better offense, but without him, it's like, I don't know. UAB, we've talked about them. They're just all over the map. Like neither one of those teams strikes me as like drastically better on offense than you right. guys. Right. right. So I'm not necessarily pre- predicting they will get to 56, but it wouldn't be the craziest thing. The South Florida team has a terrible defense and they play so fast. They give their opponent all the opportunities in the world. And like I said, I think that's the key is whatever South Florida does, they're going to do it fast. If they score, it's going to be fast. That's good. If they don't, they're going to punt quickly. That's also good because that keeps their defense out on the field, gives UConn a good field position. UConn ought to be able to score quickly. Seems like there's a lot of ways we can get over. Again, I don't know why this is on this side of a key number, but just give us an extra key number to boot over. I, I mean, I, I I grabbed this at over 57 when the line opened. I thought mm. that was too low. So mm-hmm. uh, just, you know, mm-hmm. this is one of those where sometimes we say, hey, here's a number you don't want to go over or under this specific number. Uh, you get lots of wiggle room. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'd say play this up to 58. Or 50, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Maybe even 59. I was thinking the same thing. 58, 59 are the two that I yeah. beat, but you're, you're nowhere near that here. So yeah. over 54, yeah. uh, we like a lot of points to be scored there. Virginia, North Carolina, another game we're expecting some points. Uh, North Carolina, top 10 offense now projection going forward. Uh, Tez makes a bit of a difference. I mean, that guy is yeah. just like all over the field, just yeah. running wild. I mean, that was an impressive performance uh, yeah. that he put on, you know, when they needed him the most there. Uh, in in the second half specifically defensively North Carolina is not terrible but they just they go so fast Virginia has been more offensive than than they've ever been before before mm-hmm. Virginia has mm-hmm. always been terrible on offense and solid on defense but you look at the ratings right now the model thinks they're just as good an offense as defense that's a new look for them than what we've seen yeah. in the past several yeah. years and their pace is above average it's a very different Virginia team than what we're used to model thinks an average of 63 points same sort of thing here I think 58 59 of the key numbers you should be thinking about uh, so cousin Jude, we're going over 57. I mean, my, my main question for you is, are you going over 58? Are you going over 58 and a half? Are you going over 59? Where's your, your threshold on this? Uh, either way, we think it gets into the sixties. Yeah, I think it would probably be 58 for me here, just because I do think that North Carolina defense is improved this year. And so if you told me that Virginia came out and goals. Yeah. And, and so if you told me that Virginia came out and scored like 14 points in this game, I'd be like, okay, that I could, I could uh, buy that. Um, but yeah, North Carolina's offense is, is just too good. And like the Virginia defense, they gave up 49 points to Tennessee, which going into the season, you're like, that's respectable sure. against Tennessee. But now you've seen what Tennessee's done the rest of the year. And you're like, oh man, uh, that's something that Tennessee hasn't been able to repeat. They drug James Madison and Virginia drug James Madison into a high scoring game. They gave it 42 points against Maryland. So uh, this team has been, this Virginia team has just been very different from, from what it was yeah. uh, last year. So uh, I think that coupled with the fact that you've got the same old North Carolina offense that you've always had. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I think over 57, great, great value here. Yeah, that Virginia-Tennessee game, you bring that up. That was at the time we were like, oh, okay, well, like Tennessee's offense is going to be good. Virginia's defense is good, but like they can't keep yeah. up with it. Like everything we thought about that game has turned out to be yeah. wrong because yeah. that one also now in, in hindsight, yeah, Virginia's defense, just not what it was. I don't know what exactly happened. Coordinator, play, I don't know what <laughs> it was, but they haven't been very good uh, at all. But their offense has picked up the pace a little bit for them, yep. which has kept them at, at – not a good football team because their offense came better. It had a long yeah. way to go. I mean, their offense was yeah. dreadful. And now yeah. it's just, okay, they'll, they'll put up a few points. But uh, the main thing is North Carolina is going to score a lot. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, we always talk about, right? You ought to be able to think through how you're going to lose every bet because if you're picking a 50-50 type bet, if you can't, then you're not thinking hard enough. Right. The, the fear here is North Carolina gets out to a, you know, 48 to nothing halftime lead. And then just mm-hmm. nothing happens, right? Or 35 yep. nothing and nothing happens. That's kind of the fear with this. But as long as it, as long as that sort of thing doesn't happen, if North Carolina even plays three and a half quarters, you know, they ought to get most of this by themselves. They ought to be able to put mm-hmm. a ton of points uh, with how good they are offensively and how fast they play to the night game. San Jose state will host Utah state. Uh, Cousin Jared, when you look at this again, not very good football, but we do love some mountain West. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing here is that San Jose state, when you look at on screen number 58 on offense, I mean, that's a decent offense, especially for a group of five team. Otherwise there's nothing special about mm-hmm. this game. Nothing special about either one of these teams. The biggest difference is that San Jose state has a little bit of an offense and that's the differentiator at home. While we think they win 71% of the time, we'll take some dogs. We'll take some favorites here. We're going to lay the lumber with San Jose State minus 175. B grade pick, Cousin Jared. Got to, had a lot of options and things to pick. Mm-hmm. What what made you pick this one? Yeah, so one of the reasons that I picked this one is because uh, I our boy Chevin Cordero is still probably the, the best quarterback in, in the Mountain West, according to sideline, if not very near the top, uh, where unfortunately I cannot say the, the same thing for our boy uh, Cooper. Uh, at, at Utah like, State. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not not one of the better quarterbacks in, in the Mountain West. If you would have forced me last week, so last week San Jose State played uh, New Mexico, and if you would have forced me on that game, I definitely would have said New Mexico is the right side, San Jose State on the road. I haven't been terribly impressed with San Jose State this season. They ended up crushing New Mexico in that game. And, and that made me take a second look at San Jose State for for the season. And they lost to USC. Okay, so what? They lost to Oregon State. Okay, so what? They lost to Toledo on on the road. Toledo. Traveling across the country. Yeah, yeah. Toledo, good group of five team. Uh, Got crushed by Air Force. I mean, which I which I think that at the time we were a little bit we weren't quite as high on Air Force then as we are now. So I think looking yes. back on it, we definitely give them a pass now. It's like no, yes. whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, and they had a the the one score loss to Boise State where they just dominated the first half, and then That's Boise State came back schedule. and won. That is a very brutal Man. schedule. And then they finally get a team that is uh, much worse than all of those other teams they played, and they absolutely crushed New Mexico last week. Now they're getting to come back home against the Utah State team who played Fresno close last week. Uh, Fresno with without Keen, their starting quarterback in that game. Other than that, like I'm not really seeing anything that Utah State has done this season that really just gets me going and saying, hey, this is this is an exciting team. I I feel like I've got the better quarterback. I've got a better team at home. I've got a, a team that has been really tested with with their schedule so far this season, whereas I I can say the same thing for for Utah State. I mean, Utah State schedule is not too bad, but I mean, not like that San Jose State schedule that, that I just rolled off. So uh, this is more. I'm getting a, a. I feel like I'm getting back a better team at home with a better quarterback. Um, I think these are the kind of things you have to look for and some solid B grade picks or you know factors like that. Uh, you mentioned San Jose State state's strength of schedule according to team rankings they have the third toughest group of five schedule so far that they've played Mm -hmm. which would explain partially 
you know, why they are two and five. Uh, it ranks 62nd in the country. And it's just litter with group of, with power five teams up there. Cause they're all kind of having to beat up each other for the most part. Uh, Utah state is at 78. So again, Utah state, not like it's like you said, it's not terrible. Yeah, it's yeah. just uh, a, a little bit, you know, a little bit tougher. And so that two and five record for San Jose state, very excusable based off of the teams yeah. they played. Uh, one of the things with the schedule to talk about, we talked about last show about UNLV and their strength of schedule. I, I, I thought about it later. We should have just made the mm-hmm. point succinctly. UNLV strength of schedule is 112. If you take out Michigan, it's probably like 132 because yeah. Yeah. Michigan brings that up. And so yeah. that's something I, I thought of. And it, and it actually got me thinking about uh, coming up with my own strength of schedule metrics. So something you know, I kind of have on the to-do list. And then at that point, I can make a strength of schedule with what if you took out the worst team? What if you took out the be- everybody's best team, everybody's worst team, that sort of thing. So some right. strength of schedule stuff. Uh, you mentioned Mountain West quarterbacks. Just to follow up on that, yes, I do have Chevin Cordero as the best Mountain West quarterback, ranked hmm. 53rd in college football. Um, next closest would be Mikey Keene and then Braden Shager from Hawaii uh, mm. and then Zach Larry are all in the 60s. Yep. Uh, so again, some decent quarterback play in the Mountain West, but uh, yeah, Cordero has been there for a while and has been pretty good. Uh, so yeah, at, coming back home, playing a, another weak team, maybe a little bit better than New Mexico, but at home, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you trust a, a veteran quarterback like that to get the job done and not uh, mess things up, especially now they've got to win every game they can to get to a bowl because that tough schedule has put them in a, yeah. in a tougher spot to get to that bowl eligibility, which obviously, you know, they want to do. Yeah. 7.30 p.m. Eastern, Army at LSU. Because uh, of Jared, we, we we like taking the points with Army. I'm yeah. not going not gonna to say we, we do. Now, not the official pick. Model says 31.5, spreads 31.5. So the model says it's spot on. Um, this is weird, but I kind of think taking the points – and the over are correlated because I'm not sure LSU can stop anybody. Mm-hmm. So they can't stop army. And at some point, like army is going to score enough points where they will cover by definition, because there just won't be enough time left <laughs> for them not to cover. But yeah. that said, I expect a lot of points in this game. We're going to go over 58. It's not a strong model edge model really thinks 59, but I just don't see how army stops LSU and LSU's defense. I know it ranks 62nd, but that still feels high. LSU is <laughs> breaking the world of models with the way they're playing football this year. Army got uh, play, played a game with UTSA that got into the sixties. And honestly, I think LSU is a more extreme team than UTSA is army held the ball that game for like 45 minutes. And that game got into the sixties. Mm. So mm-hmm. even if you told me Army's going to hold the ball this game, like, sure, they did that game, and it got well into the 60s. Why wouldn't this one get into the 60s? LSU's defense is just as bad as UTSA's. Their offense is better. Their offense is incredible. Number two most efficient offense in the country, according to the sideline. Because uh, of Jared, over 58. 59's your key number that I'm really worried about here. I do not think 58 matters. I don't think there will be enough field goals. It will be all touchdowns. Because mm-hmm. LSU won't be able to stop Army's weird offense. And... LSU just doesn't get stopped for the most part. And this Army defense is not going to stop them. Lots of touchdowns. This feels like a game that could easily land at 63 or 70 points, just right on the dot with all the touchdowns that are, that are going to happen, right? Yeah, yeah, that's That's definitely what I would say. I completely echo your thoughts on who's getting stopped. I mean, Army ain't, ain't stopping LSU. No. And LSU, I like can just picture in my mind like how frustrated the LSU defense and how frustrated the LSU fans are going to be when Army is mm. just getting four yards, four yards, five yards, four yards, and, and just 
LSU being completely inept and not being able to stop them at all. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of uh, frustration uh, yeah. in, in this game for, for LSU. The, the game that comes to mind when, when I'm looking at this matchup is the 2018 Army-Oklahoma game where Army mm-hmm. went to uh, Oklahoma and should have won that game probably ended up losing in overtime. Uh, but that Oklahoma team uh, probably decently similar to, to this LSU team, what we've seen so far this season and Oklahoma just could, could not get a stop. I mean, could not get a stop. So uh, like you said, like taking the points as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like the over uh, this army offense is better th- than that army offense that, that played Oklahoma a handful of years ago. And, I don't think it would be in their best interest to, to do this in this game, but Army so far this season has been playing faster than what they have in, in the past. So, um, yeah, I, I think there's just a lot to like about this game. You want to take the points with Army, that's great, uh, but we're going to say go over uh, 58 because ain't nobody stopping anybody in, yeah, in this one. I, yeah, I mean, when you look at LSU, the, the Arkansas game was just like – Nobody was stopping anybody. It was just points back and forth. Ole Miss put up 55 on them. Mm-hmm. Missouri got 38. Florida State got 45. But obviously, those are all good offenses. And it's not to say that Army's offense is at that level. I just think Army's uniqueness is going to be a really tough matchup for a mediocre defense that hasn't had any time to prepare mm-hmm. uh, for them, especially when you talk about the the, the teams that – that play this type of offense every year, they at least kind of have that. Like we've done this prep before, right? right. So if you're, if you're in the mountain West, not to say it's easy to stop air force. It's not, but no one has, right. No. Or if you're in conference, uh, well, I guess I'm the American now with, with Navy, right. You know, you face it every year. So at least you have a little bit to draw off of wins. Unless you practiced against the tri- for, for the triple option, maybe, maybe it's happened at some point and I've missed it, but like, I mean, unless grambling state runs a triple option and I just don't know it. Right. Like, um, it's it's tough to stop and the running quarterbacks have killed them Mm -hmm. and technically a lot of that's on the design you know the 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 qb you know the zone reads the scrambles stuff like that this is gonna be a little bit different but it's still gonna be really tough for them to stop army uh this army offense is got that unique style that yep. should allow them to score. LSU should have no problem giving up points. They didn't have a bye week last week to prep for it. It's not quite a trap game. LSU's next game is Alabama, but they do have a bye week. So that at least mm. helps because they're not really looking forward to that. But again, you'd almost rather yeah. have the bye the week in front of Army to spend more time prepping for it. The other thing that's happening here, we have no idea. I'm not saying this is happening or not happening. We do know that at times teams have overlooked some of their – some of these SEC schools yep. have overlooked – the conference games. Mm-hmm. If you overlook Army, oh my, yeah, you're you're gonna get shredded on yeah. defense. The yeah. LSU still gonna score absolutely. If their offense overlooks, no big deal. Like they're gonna score left and right. Literally, that mm-hmm. offense is incredible. But yeah. they're gonna get shredded if they're overlooked. I don't know if they have or not. That's just something that, like could act, it could help us even more. Whether you're taking the over or the points, uh, yep. because again, that's happened. We we saw it in years past, Pac-12 schools doing it and losing a ton of those games. Now, this year, it looks like the Pac-12 came out and kind of took care of business, but in yep. years past, we've seen some of these Power 5 conferences just really struggle with some of these games because uh, they're they're overlooking them, and you do not want to look overlook this Army offense. They will yep. shut you left and right. Yep. Uh, those are our five games. Again, stay tuned after the music. 
We got a 30 second break and then we're going to cover every single remaining week eight game. Give you suggestions, thoughts, but you need to be with us on dub club. Again, sign up link in the show description this week. Only you get two, you get three months for the price of two. Cousin Jared parting words before we uh, have a, have a quick water break. Still flossing my teeth. Uh, it's, I'm proud of you. Proud yeah. of you that, yeah. For those of you who didn't know that I had a root canal and it was like the most, maybe the most painful experience of my life. So, uh, yeah. you know, everybody out there floss your teeth. So yeah. You don't have root canals because they are terrible. So yes. Very yeah. All right. That'll take us to the music and then uh, hopefully we'll see you on the other side.